Trigger warning. This podcast may include explicit content that will take you out of your comfort zone and make you question reality. Listener's discretion is advised. How you doing? We are diving into one crazy AF true crime story once again with the hosts of the Cleveland Schwill podcast. I'm not even going to give any spoilers away, but it's one twist and turn after another. I will say that. But the real question is, have we discovered the true Zodiac Killer? Stay tuned to find out. To check out more from the Cleveland Schwill podcast, click the link in the description of this episode. Also, check out the brand new Cosmic merch and the link to check in to room 237 over on Patreon. Let's go ahead and get right into the episode. Okay. Welcome to another edition of Cleveland Schwill, but we're also doing a little duo podcast today. We have Cosmic Peach with us. How are you? I'm peachy and ready to solve another mystery. Yeah, solving mysteries is what we do, and this is another Cleveland mystery. Dave, you're with us today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling really good and sort of amazed at how many mysteries there actually are to go through. Yeah. And, and with this one, um, I kind of want to start at what some people would call the end. So Dave, you're, you're kind of hearing this story for the first time, which I kind of love because you don't, you didn't look at this story at all. So, one day, a guy stopped showing up to work for about a week, and they go to send send somebody in to uh, go to his apartment. It's 2002, and they find a man who's killed himself with a 38 caliber revolver. That'll do it. He's... Been dead for about a week due to the rigor mortis and decomposition of the body. They find his calendar with the days marked down to the day he was going to kill himself. And uh, they know that this person had just recently been diagnosed with colon cancer, they find out. So they're like, okay, that's probably why he did it. But then something strange happens. They realize that nobody has any idea who he is. They just know. Also, Brian, you're forgetting a very important detail that makes this really disgusting. He premeditated his suicide so far in advance that he even turned off the air conditioning so his body would be so. what do they call it? Uh, degraded or decomposed? Decomposed. Yeah. Like he's got putrefied body fluids everywhere, and he's in such a state that when they get to him finally, they're trying to figure out who it is. Any of the possible ways you could identify a corpse have been uh degraded to the point where you can't use fingerprints none of that is viable and nobody knows who the fuck he is and on his emergency contact list is just people he works with they're just his co-workers and then they ask their his co-workers and they're like i never even talked to the fucking guy i don't even know how he remembers my name so wait 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 Nobody actually knows. So this isn't the guy they they think killed himself, or uh, people don't know the guy because they're just he doesn't have friends. What are we talking about here? So he has no one, no family, no next of kin. There's eighty two thousand dollars that they were sitting there that was perfectly fine with going to the state of Ohio. I mean, that's where it went. But this uh, guy he did kill himself. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, so they get- didn't. They, they, you know, that's that's the way it looked. You got you've got the calendar with markdown days. He's turned off the air conditioning. They know he's been diagnosed with colon cancer. Okay. Uh, they, but the thing is, you know, you get all these people who instantly are like, wait a second. This this is not. There's no way this is Joseph Newton Chandler the third. And they find out that this person was trying to cover up their identity. This there's no way this could be Joseph Newton Chandler the third. As a matter of fact, instantly the FBI gets involved and they are ready to tie him to some of the biggest crimes in Cleveland and modern day history. Uh, Some people believe he could be the Zodiac killer. Some people thought he might be the one that abducted Amy Maholovic right here in uh, a suburb of Cleveland Bay village. Uh, And they did find that little girl uh, passed away uh, or murdered. Um, and they found her body. But this guy, you know, he's found in East Lake, Ohio. It's 2002. And uh, they find out that this Joseph Newton Chandler III was actually an eight-year-old boy who was killed in a car crash in Texas in 1945. So now they're like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And one of the things I thought that was really interesting in my research, and I don't know if you pulled this up, but they didn't actually used to issue children social security cards at birth. You didn't get a social security card at birth. So if you were somebody that they knew there was a birth certificate of, you may have not had a social security card. And if you died young, there was a whole group of people that would make a social fake social security card of you and create fake identities for people who want it. Right. That makes sense. So they know he purchased this and they found out he purchased that particular name in 1978, complete with social security card and birth certificate. But now the mystery was, well, who really is this guy? Now, what do you think they ended up doing to try to figure this out? Well, one of the things that they did, too, was talk to his co-workers and see if they could establish some kind of a personality for the guy, what he was like. Did he seem weird? Was he into freaking some weird shit? And all he really kept to himself his entire life. And even if he was invited to a party at one of his coworkers' house, he would just kind of stand in the corner the whole time, never said anything to anybody. And the only story that somebody could drudge up to kind of give a perspective on who he was is that he said one day he just decided to drive 10 hours to an L.L. Bean store and then he arrived after a 10 hour long drive to the L.L. Bean store and the parking lot was really full. So he just turned around and drove 10 hours back home. And that was the fondest memory anyone could dredge up of the guy. That's nuts. (laughs) Now there was another one where he was invited to a costume party and he showed up he had not talked to a single person. He refused to talk to anybody. Did not even say hello to anybody. He was dressed like a gangster. Like a 1940s mobster gangster. And had the gun and everything. Like the whole ensemble. And just stood there. Ate some things. Hung out for about two hours without talking to a soul. And then he went home. There's another instance. Where he went to a hospital and he had lacerations all over his penis and when asked how did you get these he had hooked a vacuum cleaner up to his dick (laughs) so there's 
some sexual perversion there. Well, think about guy. this guy's funeral. There's only three good stories about the guy. He stuck his dick in a vacuum. He dressed <laughs> as a mobster for Halloween one year, and he drove 10 to 20 hours to an L.L. Bean store. God rest his soul. Bye! Well, so, <laughs> so how could he not be the most prolific serial killer of all time that's on God? Well, Anybody and, that would drive upward of 20 hours to an L.L. Bean is got to be a psychopath. Yeah. Agreed. He, he's definitely different. So, all these mysteries surrounding this guy, and when they find out that that's not his real name, Joseph Newton Chandler III was actually a young boy who had, had passed in a car car crash with a truck in the 40s they're like oh this guy's tied to something i mean so this attracted all kinds of national fbi type attention where they were like we're gonna fi- we're gonna figure out who this person is and we're gonna figure out what crimes he committed who he was hiding from why he did it uh how he did it uh, all these things you know so like you can see how that would have caught a lot of people's attention, especially in law enforcement with cold cases. Because this, this is just not normal. This is not something you see very he's often. He's hiding from something. Yeah, he's hiding from something, for sure. He's definitely hiding from something. People don't just purchase those fake identities if they're not hiding from something. Um, and then when you look at the odd behavior... You're like, man, there's something. This guy's dealing with some things too. So he's hiding, and he's dealing with some, some different mental, well, something going on with the mental capacity there. I think why people tell the story about him showing up to the costume party dressed as a gangster is the implication that maybe that's a clue that he was a he was a gangster from that time. Well, the- there 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 were there were gangster references. There was the Zodiac Killer. Uh, they believe he could have been a, a fugitive named Stephen Campbell, who uh, was an engineer from Cheyenne, Wyoming, who was wanted for attempted murder. So they looked into that. Uh, they even thought because they found some Nazi stuff on his computer, uh, that he may have been somebody who actually was a Nazi in World War II and was like hiding out here trying to escape prosecution for war crimes Uh, because because you had other cases like that here in Ohio that were very famous. Uh, But uh, no, they could, they could just, they, Brian, you're forgetting a big one. They literally said that an episode we just covered that fucking Joseph Newton Chandler was actually D.B. Cooper. Oh, I didn't read that. I didn't read that one. Yeah, that's what they said. That's what they said. But you know what kills me about this is they literally accused him of being everyone and no one at the same time. And they were like, look at the the artist sketches between Joseph Newton Chandler and the Zodiac Killer. Joseph Newton Chandler looked like every white man who's ever been alive ever. He had a very... (laughs) generic looking face he looked they, they don't even look kind of the same i mean in my opinion they don't even look kind of the same yeah yeah so there so there was a there was this guy his name's peter j elliott and he was he worked for the united states marshal service and i read um a couple like actual um interviews with him but he was ready to tie this guy to any crime you could think of he was absolutely convinced and that's kind of the problem with this stuff sometimes is you've already got your mind made up that this guy's guilty for whatever crime and he's just gonna uncover it dude the the thing of it is too is is like i saw one time and i can't remember the name of the serial killer but it was a guy killed a few people but the point of the documentary was this guy started like just saying that he did everything. He was 
he was just being like, yep, I committed all these crimes, crimes that he could. At some point, all the law enforcement from everywhere just shows up trying to pin every single open case they have on this guy if he's willing willing to admit to it because they can just close the books off. Okay, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to do this thing. You, got nothing to do with was, it. it had nothing to do with the truth. It had to do with clearing the book. It's like a judge that just wants to get cases off their docket. It's but like, the guy that let's kept, just get this off the docket. Let's go. The guy that kept admitting to everything, though, was a toothless, poor, indigent country feller who just wanted a DQ milkshake. All they had to do was get him a DQ fun box, and he would admit to any crime that they put in front of him. <laughs> Well, he was like, point, I, he was in jail for the rest of his life. What does it matter? And the thing, the, my thing is like, this guy had absolutely nothing. No money, no place to live, no clothes, no shoes, just a bum off the street. But when he started admitting to all those crimes, they were like, yeah, we'll get you a pack of cigarettes if you admit to this one. Yeah, we'll get yep. you that, that strawberry milkshake if you admit to this one. We'll get you yeah. some clothes and some shoes and you'll have a place to sleep and we'll give you meals and we'll take care of you. You'll have some form of health care. He's like, I'm fucking, I'm the Black Dahlia killer. Dude, <laughs> like, you were five you know, years like, old at the time. <laughs> I know. The funny thing about that one was, was that there was a chart at some point that said if he would have actually done all the murders that he said he did it showed all of the places that he would have had to be at exactly the same time and it's like seattle and like san juan and boston and like albuquerque and like florida all at the same time and and that's that's so insulting that it even got put together i mean it's just insulting to everybody's intelligence involved oh my god how do we show our hand instantly to the American public on all these cases that we have no that there was no evidence to, to you know, like no prosecutor in their right mind without this confession would go anywhere near these cases. Like you'd be like, there's I'm not touching that thing with a 10 foot pole. You got no evidence on this guy. Yeah, that's what yeah. happened with jo- uh, this Joseph Newton Chandler guy, though. They wanted to pin something on him for one reason, brother. And the reason is that he changed his name and bought a different social security card and then killed himself after he found out he had colon cancer. Therefore, he must be a raping, murdering, pedophile piece of fucking garbage dumpster shit. And he must be a prolific murderer because he changed his name. End of story. That's what they had to go on. Yeah, he killed himself. I, I mean, like we said, they tried to tie him to everything. Now, think about this. So this is how they figure out who he actually is. Now, we said that they, the suicide takes place in 2002 in East Lake in his apartment. So let's fast forward 14 years. It's now 2016. And that Peter J. Elliott actually hires a forensic genealogist because now we're at a point where forensic genealogy is really coming into its own. In the early 2000s, they were really just kind of figuring that stuff out. And then it's like, do we even have a good sample? Can we find a sample? Well, this doctor, Colleen Fitzpatrick, that they find, she starts trying to put together this Chandler's, uh, profile and they obtain a tissue from some uh, public genetic genealogy database and when they start putting this together she starts seeing um, a pattern with the last name Nicholas or Nichols and they actually end up uh, being able to identify him through the full genomes that they have of other people and that DNA. And they find out that this guy's real name is Robert Nichols. And then they can figure because of, they know this, all this stuff about Robert Nichols. Now all of a sudden they get a whole back past of who this Robert Nichols was. So the, you know, 
that's how they figure out who this guy is. Now, this guy's kind of got a weird past as a regular person with the name Robert Nichols, as I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can, you can think of. So they find out this guy's a World War II vet who's won a Purple Heart because he was um, overseas getting bombed and took shrapnel while he was on an aircraft carrier, and it went into his body. Now, Dave, listen to this, though. Garrett, he leaves the war. You know, the war's over. He was near Japan when this happened. The day the war's over and he's released from service, he burns his, his war uniforms, never to wear a war uniform again or keep his Purple Heart or any of that stuff, burns it. So to me, that tells me he's dealing with some stuff just from that war. That's what that tells me in my mind. Yeah. You know, like, I'm done with this. I don't want memories of this. Um, well, dude, I mean, if you're actually in the war, that's probably generally how you feel. I mean, if you, like, who wants to remember war? God's the worst thing there is. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, a lot of people, though, took pride in the things that they did, or even though there was hard times to remember, like, they keep their uniforms, they kept their medals, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't, they yeah. didn't burn them. But, yes, he was in the Navy. He had brothers and sisters. Or, no, just brothers, I think. And uh, he was born in 1926. They find this out. He got married in 1947, and he had three kids. So he goes to work for General Electric as a draftsman. And then in 1964... He just decides one day, I'm done with being married. He leaves. Never to see his wife or kids again. No, doesn't want anything to do with them. Uh, he moves to Dearborn, Michigan. Tells his parents he's working in the automobile industry. And then he writes to them that he moves near Rich, Richmond, California. And then sends a letter to his son Phil from Napa, California in the same month. But after that, and, and actually I read a different article than this one. Listen to what he said. So he sends his son an envelope. He sends him something. It's a letter. When the kid opened the letter, guys, you want to know what was in it? Did you hear what was in it when he sent the letter, uh, Julia? One single penny <laughs> so that's the last thing he says to his kid that's seriously what it was yeah one single penny what the hell yeah, but that's why it's so mysterious. So he goes through the war, burns his uniforms, he's done with it, but eventually gets married, he has three kids, his kids are getting a little bit older, it's around 1964, he tells his wife and kids, bye-bye, and then fucks off, nobody knows where he goes, but then he writes his parents a letter that says, oh, I'm in the automobile industry in Michigan, nope, just kidding, I'm in California, and then, nope, just kidding, I'm in another part of California. And sends his son this envelope with a single penny inside of it. And that's the last his son heard of him until the genealogist came knocking on his door and was like, Hey, is your dad Robert Nichols? That's it. So, so... 23. And, they, and they actually eventually reported him missing in 1965. But, yeah, they reported him a year, you know, not too much further after his disappearance. Um, but here's the crazy thing about this. He actually used his real name until 1976 because he sent in tax returns to the IRS with that name. So 10 years after that stuff, he was still using Robert Nichols. That's just so weird. I, I just don't, I, it's so, it's such lengths to go to for what? You know what I mean? It's That's like, why people think he's the Zodiac Killer. 
Well, but still, though, man, it's like, where is there's got to be something that like ties him, right? Where, like, what do we, where's, where's this, where are we, where's the tie in to like one of these crimes? I'll hit into the, some of that in a, in just a minute and I'll, and I'll finish off the last of like what we actually know about his strange life. And then we can go over some of the theories and I'll, and I'll get your take on it from the little that we do know, because there's not like, tons of information on this guy it's not like he had the paparazzi following him around 24 7 he lived a boring ridiculous life as far as anybody knows right so the only way anybody knows robert nichols is robert nichols is he sends in his tax returns to the irs then they know for sure he purchased in uh south dakota is where he bought his fake social security card and that's when he moves to cleveland and he goes to work for a place called the edco company as an engineer and uh doing electrical design and he worked as an electrical designer for lubrizol which is a chemical company in wickliffe at that time and they lay him off in 1997 and he claims to have a sister named Mary Wilson, though I don't – I think he just had brothers, so I don't know what this whole – that whole thing was about. Um, and he provides an address for her in Columbus, but it's totally fictitious. It's the same address he had when he lived in New Albany. So he just gave some bullshit. All his co-workers are like, this guy's a hermit. All he does is work and eat. He doesn't talk to anybody. He doesn't have any friends. Uh, but they did say he would walk by every now and again to one of his coworkers and just whisper in their ear and go, the voices are closing in on me. And then walk away. Well, and also... I think, well, one of the other things that I thought was really weird that got brought up quite a bit, and I don't know how they know this, if like his worker, those coworkers caught him doing this. He put headphones on, Dave, and just listened to white noise for hours on end. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, the thing about the, the voices are closing in on me, listening to white noise for hours at a time. And literally having no relationships whatsoever with anyone. Yeah. On top of everything else we just said. I mean, if you're hardcore running from a past of something, you know what I mean? I guess that's how you would be. But it's like now that's the question is what could he possibly be fucking running from? On paper, his life is like Jurgen's basic but then you dive into the history of who he was and he's a war vet and he done seen some shit. He got shrapneled. He burnt his uniforms. He abandoned his wife and kids. He's been running around the country doing God knows what. And his coworkers say that he's weird like this. And, you know, people tell me things all the time like, oh, don't do that because it'll change you forever. And I'm like, come on, guys, you know, this is not something that changes you forever. Being in the war is something that changes you forever. He's a fucking schizophrenic now. Yeah. He's schizo. Something was going, I mean, something was going, the one thing I will bring up that they brought in somebody that was actually able to crack his computer. And the only two things they could find. And, and I might give them the benefit of the doubt on the doubt on these, and you guys can tell me what you think. Uh, investigators search his computers once they crack it open. They find stuff that's related to Nazism, and some stuff that's related to plastic explosives on his computer. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, dude, it, does that does it count that I've watched a documentary on Nazis on the History Channel, like? What are we talking about here? How in depth was it? Like, like, is he following the propaganda, or is he like trying to build bombs and and actually participating in hate speech of people? It, it doesn't say. So I don't know. Is if he's just looking up stuff on Nazis, it's like, 
well, he probably fought him in World War II. Maybe he's interested. I don't know. (laughs) That's why I would think, I mean, that that you would just, like, would be interested in some of the history of it. But, like, if you fought against it. But, again, man, if you're running, like, that's the thing. Like, that, dude, this this is a void filler's paradise, you know? Well, and it's like we said. With all these other cases, it's like fill in the blank. Like, yeah, this this is like every federal agent's dream. We're about to catch somebody serious right now. That's eluded police his entire life. We yep. finally got him. We're going to be able to answer all these questions. I mean, that's the wet dream. That's the wet dream of every law enforcement agent to be the man who brought down or figured out so and so, so and so. Of yeah. the famous case. So I can see why it garnered so much attention. And they literally, I mean, they went after every single case they could. And I I read so many different articles, and they were all from 2018, basically when they first kind of put the profile together, learned who this guy was, and just started releasing information. And they were so excited, but there was nothing concrete. In most Nothing. of the cases that they bring up, I mean, one of the, there was a whole article written by the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and I think another one by Cleveland Scene, all about how they're reopening up. There, there's belief that this guy could have been the one to have taken Amy Maholovic, and that's where they left it. The only part, only information that was of any real interest was they're checking this guy out to see if he could be involved in that crime. And it's like, I see why you wrote the article. I mean, putting that up on a newspaper, it probably sold some copies. But the reality is, it wasn't shit. It was just sensationalized garbage. Uh, well, they they didn't I... find one real tie to him and and uh, Amy Maholovic. They were just like, this guy's weird. Let's see if we can pin the crime on. Right. And and I mean, so I guess that's that's the thing. Is like, so is, is there a, a deep chance that this guy is seriously a war vet that his experiences were so traumatic it's made him so antisocial that he really just wanted to like even leave his feet couldn't didn't even want to see his family and he just changed his name and literally left and got the just just and that's that well- there's also a true belief with some people, and I'm not saying this is right, wrong, or in between. I'm just saying this is a reality for some people, uh, especially those that are dealing with certain types of depression. Uh, they actually believe that everybody is better off without them, that your yeah. life will be better off without right. them, that you're only holding everybody back, and that you're. Uh, and I guess, I guess, so that's my point. I just want to know if like, because Julie, you always think I'm, I'm anti your, your, th- your stories, your storylines and your opinions about it. But really that's not what it is. I, I just, I'm trying to figure out if the easiest answer is just the actual answer here. What if this is just a guy that wanted to disappear because he just wanted to disappear and like they, they find him and now it's just really, really easy to fill up fill up all these things that you don't know with information that makes sense or the things that you want to be true you know maybe for once in our lifetime brother i agree with you because everyone knows the zodiac killer as i had stated in previous episodes was a roving satan worshiper named michael (laughs) aquino and he worshiped in the temple of satan and we all know this, so it can't be Richard Nichols or Robert Nichols or whatever. But you know what kills me about it is it de- it wouldn't make sense because if he was murdering all those people in California when the Zodiac murders were going down and he was leaving all this evidence behind because they know he wore like a size 10 wing walker boot that you would wear to... Um, scale the sides of airplanes or something i read that they found it every single zodiac crime case there was footprints in a size 10 wing walker boot that was only issued to military people blah 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 and right. there there was all this stuff right but they could still connect all that to robert nichols 
So why change your name? Because if there was this wanted poster out for a guy named Robert Nichols and people knew who you were from your past life and knew what you look like, even if you changed your name, if somebody saw you out on the street, they'd be like, I don't care what he said his name is. That's Robert Nichols. He's connected to the Zodiac murders. I mean, there just was not a shred of evidence. Not a shred. So they're, they're only basis in this is he was in california at the time of the zodiac murders so we're thousands go of other over people. all the five big there's five big ones and i want to hear you guys debunk each one as i go okay so here's the five big uh reasons why some people believe robert I- ivan nichols it could be the zodiac killer number one his appearance his facial features have been depicted Similar, with similar frames of the glasses and strikingly similar uh, compelling pieces of evidence in supporting him being having the same appearance as the Zodiac Killer. Uh, Okay, I'm sorry, Brian. I'm going to just stop you right there. Even Nichols having the same height and weight as the approximate match. Listen, Brian, you can just save it. You can just save it and save it fast because I'm telling you that composite sketch of the Zodiac Killer. Let's go ahead and compare the two. Uh, White wore aviator glasses, had comb over. Zodiac. Oh, they look the same, guys. It must be him. That would mean my brother and Brian are potential Zodiac murderer suspects. (laughs) <laughs> that makes yeah. no sense. White wore glasses, kind of okay. like white, a buddy hole. White wore glasses, Dave. I'm going to throw this one at you. White wore glasses, same white or same same white, same height and weight. Okay, how about this? Also in the exact same area as the Zodiac Killer at the exact same time in the California area, 1965, and. I guess this guy named Adam Dodd was the first to report on this significant uh, parallel between Nichols and the Zodiac in the same place that looks the exact same way at the exact same time. Dave, what do you think about that? Well, I, I don't think I. OK, well, here's the here's what you'll call the safe answer. I don't think it exonerates him. And I don't think it proves it's him. Like, you know, like that's, that's the thing. I, but isn't that the point you're trying to like rule people out? So that's the thing here is you can't rule guy out. Yeah. So we'll go over these five reasons why he could be it. And we'll go over the five reasons why a lot of people believe there's no way he can be it. So so the first reason is he wore white t-shirts. Okay. Go ahead, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so they think his time in the military might have also you know kind of linked him to this style because the footprints at the scene match boots similar to those who were uh issued to people who served in the military and some people think that that may not be just a coincidence. But I also I also looked at that playing devil's advocate and go, this is the same guy. You think the same guy who burned his uniforms coming out of the military kept the boots and exactly. then wore those when he went and killed? Ding, 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 ding. I, I, again, I'm speculating, though. I'm speculating. But that's, I, but that's a good point. That's a good point. If he's trying to get away from the military time of his life why do you keep the haircut and the style and the boots and the like you know what i mean mm-hmm. here's the next one dave the cipher which has never been broken for the zodiac there's a there's a spot in 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 the cipher where it says my name is and it's thir- a 13 character cipher okay robert nichols is exactly 13 letters you know what else is 13 letters my brother's former last name i'm telling you my brother's the zodiac killer well but hold on hold on see now you're stretching because i would have had to have not been born yet 
when he was like killing people. Okay. I'm just so, saying. I'm definitely not the killer, but I think it's super interesting that that dude's name is 13 letters because it, it, in the, and especially that would be the one thing you could compare is how many characters are in the name, especially even if the guy made the cipher un like, like you can't crack it. Maybe he made this thing. Maybe he just sent him on a wild goose chase, but he probably did make it the same letters. It would be if it was his name. But so they're taking Robert Nichols. Yeah. He did have a middle name, which would make it more than 13 characters. And there was two other suspects in the Zodiac crime case that also had 13 letters in their names that they also said must be them. Have you guys watched Robert Downey Jr. or not? Yes. Listen, I know uh, what I'm, what did I just say a minute ago? It's all about ruling people out. You can't rule them out. That's, that's another, that's another mark in his favor. 13 letters for the name in the cipher, you know, and it's, it's interesting and it sucks because, you know, when I look at serial killers, the funny thing about the Zodiac, although I will say, um, he did crazy shit in a crazy way, and I think that's why people are so intrigued by him. I'm obsessed with him, too. But, like, honestly, his kill rate wasn't very good. He left survivors at almost everything he did. Yeah, he left a like, couple he was, survivors. He was very bad at killing people. And, like, so, you know, he meant the ones that he really killed were the ones that he just turned a gun on and killed them. I know he stabbed the one. The, the one couple to death with a knife, but then one of them lived, of course. And it's like, so I I just, again, I, I almost think the serial killer gets too much, or the Zodiac gets too much credit as a serial killer. I, I almost think he's sort of like a, he's sort of like a more interesting David Berkowitz. <clears throat> the only reason people are so obsessed with him is because of his ciphers and his codes and stuff. Well, that's what I like his behavior as a serial killer. He was kind of shit. Yeah, he, a lot of the survivors though talk about how he held whole, he held whole conversations with them. Yeah. And well, this guy I guess doesn't my, seem like a talkative type. Yeah. Well, I and my point is where are all the BTK survivors? Okay, case closed. <laughs> some some of them were more efficient than others what they've yeah. been. That's the point. But like when you talk about serial killers, these guys, they talk about these guys like in the same breath. I bet you BTK would sit back and be like, yeah, yeah I remember my first beer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let me go over reasons why he's probably not. Wait, all did right. you say all five reasons already? Well, the last one is kind of something that we. Debunked already? No, we just talk about it like. And Dave brings it up all the time. And, and the fifth one is police did not conform, confirm or deny that he was a Zodiac suspect. But why would they? They're yeah. not going to tell you anything. If it's an ongoing case, they're not going to tell you anything. And so, so let me go over uh, why he probably isn't. And this, this is a big one to me. When they, they took a lot of time and brought in experts and looked at the handwriting of of Nichols and then the Zodiac handwriting, and it's not even close to being a match. Um, and there's a lot of people on Twitter who are trying to figure these things out, and they look at the, the lettering, how what kind of slants it has and the way the M's are written. And there's certain letters like, like the Zodiac was more about block lettering and, and they're like, nah, you know, it's like they just, it was not even close to being a match. Hey, um, you want a fun fact on that? Yeah. You know who they found that had almost an exact match of handwriting to the Zodiac? Probably a politician. It was Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Ooh. They said it was wow. damn near a 100% match. That That is interesting. It is. 
And Good. actually, if you look at young pictures of Ted Kaczynski before he became the Unabomber, he wore those glasses and he had the, that comb-over hairstyle. And what better way to stay away from being caught than to just move out to the woods? Well, there was a lot of references in the Zodiac Killer letters of using bombs. Bombs on school buses, yeah. homemade yep. bombs, this, this, this. And then he progressed, progressed, progressed and became the Unabomber is the theory. And it just so happens that his handwriting is almost a 100% accurate match for the Zodiac. But again... Oh, look, I, I'll say this. I'll say this. If for some crazy reason someday they can prove Ted Kaczynski was the Zodiac too, he might move ahead of BTK on the in the realm of serial killers. Like, because if you're both those guys, that's that's actually pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. You know who told me about that? Who? Your sister. Really. Yeah, she got all into it. And then she sent me all the articles and stuff. And I was like, oh, <laughs> shit. That's so funny. That is an interesting theory that I had never heard before. Go ahead, though, Brian. Um, well, the next one, I'm just going to lay it out there, guys. This, this next one is my true belief. This is who I think this guy was. This, I agree with this person 100% wholeheartedly. I'd love to hear your guys' takes on it. So a Cleveland journalist named Phil Trexler actually spoke with Nichols' son, and he lives in Ohio. Nichols' son lives in Ohio. And Nichols' son has a belief, and he's like, I can't prove it. He goes, I believe my father had nothing to do with being the Zodiac Killer, but I do believe he went to great lengths to conceal his identity so he never had to pay my mom child support. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I 100% believe him and I agree with him. I think well, this guy just a, didn't want to pay child support. Uh, dude, dude, listen, that's honestly the most believe you should have opened with that. No, it would have it ruined the whole thing. You should have opened with that because every guy in America would have been like, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, boy, he is running from that child support no doubt about it well and, and plus the son gets that envelope with a penny in it i wonder if, if there was something attached to it that said this is all you'll ever get from me yeah dude right that there. is that is the writing on the wall that penny in the envelope is the smoking gun because he's like that is the last thing he sent his son before he changed his identity so he's like Here's what I think you're worth, Bucko. Sends him a penny in the mail and then never heard from again. Well, and he also, so some of the stuff the son said too, though, he also said his temperament, everybody, my father was never like angry. He was actually very kind to us. Um, but I have a feeling just from, talking to my father that he had serious PTSD. He had serious mental pr problems from the war and it caused him to have very odd social behaviors, even when he lived with us. And I'm sitting there like, that makes perfect sense. This is a guy who really had, had serious need for like specialty uh, specialist in mental health yeah. and just was never going to get it. Yeah. Um, whether he wanted to get it or not, that's my personal opinion. Can I prove any different? No. But the behaviors, that's somebody who, who needs to see somebody and talk to somebody and deal with some shit. Well, and that's it. When you're dealing with mental health, man, people can do a lot of weird things for a lot of reasons. Dude, just look at these shows they have on TV of people that need to sit there and huff fucking laundry detergent soap and shit like you know what i mean people have weird shit that they do weird behaviors and sometimes it doesn't mean anything at all except for they're just weird yeah and like people love to just you know make fire where there's smoke and sometimes it's seriously it's just smoke now well i think it, especially in this case because like one of the next big things is like everybody that knew this guy there's no reports ever he had any history of violence 
Like we're talking like not killing animals, not like getting enjoyment out of watching things be hurt or killed or whatever. He's not punching people in the face. He's not threatening people. He's not quick to anger. He's not like those are some of the attributes you'd think you'd find in somebody who's out to do harm to others. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. those attributes are exactly how they profiled the Zodiac killer. Because I'm going to tell you one thing. Somebody who has PTSD from being in the war, their modus operandi behind killing is not going to be guns. And it's not going to be stabbing people. Because well, that's going that's to that's trigger your PTSD. If you have PTSD from being in the war, why would you kill people with guns? Why would you stab people? Well, I mean, the, I, the question then would be, why would you kill people at all? I mean, what's the nonviolent way that wouldn't remind you of war? I mean, I'm sure people get choked to death in war all the time. Uh, you know, stabbed, whatever it is. You know, I do find it strange, though, and I want your guys' take on this, too. For somebody who is kind and, and did reach out to his kids, now... It, it with a, that whole penny thing and and all that. Now this is a guy who leaves his kids behind for whatever reason. We we can't be in his mind, and it could have been just I can't deal with any of this, and I don't want to pay them any money. But this is a guy who obviously found out he had colon cancer, had eighty six thousand dollars in the bank in two thousand two, and basically said. I know that money's just going to go to the state and I don't even care. I still won't give any to my children that I left behind that I wasn't there to help raise or any like this is obviously not a guy who's stupid. Like even if he didn't want to be around, like did he kind of hate them a little bit or like, I just don't understand. Like you'd think that maybe like this, this window would open up and he'd be like, you know what? Maybe I should send them all something and say it that I'm sorry, but these were my feelings. I, I can't wait, 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 wait. So after they discovered his true identity, did the kids get the money? No. 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 That I money went to the for state. It. Well, I don't know if they're even entitled to it. I don't know how it works. That's their bio, Dad. I mean, schizo or not, they should still get a few dollars. I, I don't know if that's how that works. I really don't. Without a will and testament, like you don't have to give your kids any money. Oh, uh, dude, yeah. there would popping up all over the place making claim to that money, dude. That's a pretty good little chunk of change, eighty-two thousand. Yeah. And yeah, no, but I mean, you get what I'm saying? Like, he knows he's going to die. He knew he was going to die. He he had the calendar set with X's and, and a countdown to the date. Like, he, yeah. he knew he wasn't going to use that money. He knew he, he was going to die. He, he was probably one of these people who was like, I'm going to be in charge of when I die. Cancer's not going to be in charge of it. I want control of this. I don't want that type of pain. I can't live with this pain anymore. I'm done with this. But at the same time, you think even if he wanted to get out of paying child support, that wouldn't be a big deal anymore. Like, I, who cares if I pay them this money? I'm not going to be alive anymore. I'm not taking this to my grave. Like, you'd rather have the state have it? I, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand that. Whole because thing. you can't understand somebody who is schizophrenic, Brian. You're trying to put yourself into the mindset of someone who has mental illness as somebody who doesn't have that kind I of know. Mental illness. I know. I can't, I can't about, think like everybody. I know can, that. Can you understand that the same type of person who would turn their AC off and count down the days till their suicide and then give all of their inheritance to the state also drove a total of 20 hours to an L.L. Bean in back in that day. I mean, these they listen to white static on, on the loudest setting they can for hours at a time. They tell their parents they're hearing voices. I mean, the dude was just severely, severely fucked up in the head. He watched all of his best friends die in the war and get their legs blown off and guts flying everywhere. I've seen Saving Private Ryan. I've seen Full Metal Jacket. 
I don't want to be a part of that. She and and he took the crap on the shoulder. He took he he was hit. Yeah, I get it. So he changed his name, abandoned his family because he thought they'd be better off without him, assumed another identity, and just was like a hermit crab for the rest of his life. Well, and I think to Brian's point from earlier, though, too, is like people, you, you don't know the inside stories about people's relationships. And sometimes, sometimes people can flip that switch and decide that somebody ruined their life. You know what I mean? Or you got conned into having a family with somebody or you got, you know what I mean? And it's real quick to just say, I'm going to wash my hands of that. That would explain the penny in the envelope. That would explain the never wanting to pay child support. Like Brian said, just the the feeling of resentment of what do these guys deserve one cent for me? They ruined my life. I had to change my whole life. I had to run away from everything, get away from that. Um, you know, and like people justify these things in their head. This honestly does feel mostly like what what where we're going with it, which is yeah. severe mental illness and just one of those weird lives where you want that Oswald shot from the sixth foot, you know, floor of the depository to be a difficult shot. But when you go there and look at it, you see that it's actually kind of a makeable shot. Okay, see, then you have to go and say something like that and piss me the fuck off. Why don't you stick your dick in a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> Sometimes it's just a makeable shot. I, like, well, well si similar to that, though, since you brought up the, the vacuum cleaner, I will say that that's another reason why they think um, that he's probably not the Zodiac. The Zodiac would never stoop to put his dick in a, in a fucking shark. <laughs> abyssal the zodiac would never stoop to put in his dick in abyssal yeah he would just he would just uh, uh, that's cause he used to sing that's cause the zodiac used to sing abyssals ain't shit but hoes and tricks so he he, <laughs> <laughs> no, he would never put his dick in a vacuum cleaner but he would just fashion a cape and hood and and tuck his pants into a pair of combat boots and knife somebody in a park. Well, uh, and that's in a cape you know and a that, when, right. when they looked at the profiles, though, you know what they said? That the Zodiac didn't rape people. And they actually believed that um, if Robert Nichols was the type of person to kill... He did have some sexual perversions, like sticking his dick in a vacuum cleaner, right. and they think that that would have probably led to like more of like a sexual assault type thing. And the Zodiac did not do that; he was more of like a thrill kill. Yeah, like got the thrill from the kill. So that was another part where it didn't really kind of match the criteria. And then the uh, the last thing that was that I think is also a good point is you've got the Zodiac killings going on in the late sixties. This then the dude waits ten years before he changes his name and moves yeah, to Cleveland. That doesn't make sense. Why would you wait ten years after you zodiac everybody to fucking change your name? Yeah, he didn't change it till nineteen seventy eight. So I mean, this doesn't. It just doesn't add up. And I, I, this is this is child support if I've ever seen it. <laughs> case closed but, but the reality is before they knew who this was man they wanted to pin everything on this guy and i'll get it he's weird yeah you wait for to unturn the one rock and go yep knew it i knew it but well well now you're gonna get me started on a subject that we should touch upon which is law enforcement the real criminals. Ladies <laughs> and let's, do let's do it. Well, you know, oh the, thing is, the thing is about this guy, too, and the whole dick in the vacuum or whatever, and we laugh and stuff, but the guy was just seriously disturbed. And uh, they made a joke about that in Scary Movie 1. Do you guys remember that when they did the parody of Scream? And the brother was like sticking his dick in a vacuum cleaner when they did Scream. Or, I mean, it was Scary Movie 2, maybe? No, Scary Movie 2 is when they went to the Hell House. Never mind. I think it was Scary Movie 1. And he was like, stop 
he was actually a cop in Scary Movie 1, and his sister was like, stop sticking your dick in the vacuum cleaner. I mean, that, that's like, it's just a joke. It's a fucking joke. And they're accusing this guy of being one of the smartest criminals to ever get away with it. I mean, that's yeah. so ridiculous. And they're blaming all this unsolved stuff on him. They damn near accused him of being everything but Colonel Sanders. Just <laughs> off of composite sketches and just some wishy-washy, like, he kind of, sort of, kind of looks like he could kind of maybe be the Zodiac. What? Yeah. And this one, I think, is, uh, I think our sleuthing is getting pretty good, because we've cracked this one, I think. See, well, I think and you I know what, just like paid. most of the time, it's not, it's not what you want to hear, but at the same time, it's like, it's what makes sense. Yeah. It's just what makes sense. If I had to bet, that's what I would bet. I mean, sometimes, I'd almost bet my whole house on it. Sometimes the easiest answer is the correct answer. It is. Keep Be it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. Just keep it simple. Before exactly. we jumped on this podcast to talk about it, I had read a bunch of articles and stuff about it and was doing research. And then I watched a podcast on YouTube of this girl who had a 45 minute long presentation about it. And when she got to the end, she was, I know for sure he was connected to this and that and this, and he could maybe even be DB Cooper and all. I'm like, girl, how do you have over 6,000 followers on this channel? Yeah. How do yeah. you have over 6,000? Uh, for, for DB Cooper, at least, the 82 or $86,000 left in the account, you think that there'd be a little bit more than that or some of the money stored somewhere in the apartment or they'd exactly. find something, you know. Cooper would be way more interesting than that. And that that's the whole thing, man, is it's just like what it really comes down to is, is that uh, if D.B. DB Cooper, a guy having $86,000 in the bank means nothing, you would have to disregard the five people who actually have real uh, a real like things pointing to them being DB Cooper. Like they jump out of planes, like they did the exact thing before. You know, I know. I mean? well, yeah. And again, again, DB Cooper, DB Cooper would never stoop to stick his dick in abyssal. No, exactly. Wait. He'd be drinking a glass of whiskey, chatting up the airline steward. He wore, he wore a suit to jump out of a plane. Come on. And, 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 you know, that that brings me back to something that I like to say a lot, and that's things I want to believe for 400, Alex. That's what that, that girl really was just trying to say. It's like, it's just yeah. something I want to believe. And exactly. uh, well, I, before we close, I just want to say uh, I want to thank everybody for coming on and, and, and doing their research, giving me their, and, uh, their feelings about this. But it's just another one of those famous Cleveland cases that are is really strange. I just don't think it has the ending that everybody hoped for, but I think it's still an interesting story nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Agreed. So, yeah. Sometimes when you're listening to white noise and your dick's in a vacuum cleaner and you sent your <laughs> son the last penny that you have, you realize it's probably time to listen to Cleveland Schwill. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but hey, uh, you got anything you want to tell people before we go? No, I mean, just if you're going to stick your dick in a vacuum cleaner, at least lube it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> he might have. It just got Cat lacerations all over his junk. Well, and I and I guess I guess I would say uh, just because you can fill a hole with something doesn't mean it's the right thing to fill the hole with. Exactly. <laughs> Hamilton out. Yeah. Cosmic Peach out. All right, guys. And that that brings us to this. Thanks for listening. Uh, we've got a whole series of these coming up. We've got all kinds of interesting stories about Cleveland and, and other places that are coming your way. So. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.